got a special treat for you this evening. A young man, y'all know is Joe the Policeman from the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mom. I want you to welcome him to the stage. Big round of applause for Duval County's own Mr. Brandon Lampley. It feels so lovely to be in here this evening. What a beautiful audience. Give yourselves a round of applause. Everything's so lovely. Everybody's so lovely. And while you're in a clapping mood, give a hand for my producer, Mr. Technical Chocolate. You keep my voice sounding so fine, don't you agree? Yes, indeed. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the true definition of a sports fanatic podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Lampley. Today, we'll talk some NBA, a little college basketball, talk a little eensy-weensy, bite-sized, melt-your-mouth-not-your-hand piece of Major League Baseball. And, of course, we will talk about football. First things first, I want to talk NBA in this MVP race. At this point in the season, um, it's pretty much down to three players. That's Milwaukee Bucks small forward Giannis Antetokounmpo, Paul George small forward for the Oklahoma City Thunder, James Harden shooting guard for the Houston Rockets. But for me, it's really down to Paul George and Giannis because no disrespect to James Harden. I mean, I know his scoring streak is great. I mean, 31 straight games with 30 points scored which is tied for second most um, in league history with Wilt Chamberlain, who's also the record holder for most with 65 straight games with 30 points scored. I get all that. James Harden can get buckets. If your grandma was at church and they did an altar call and there was a basketball hoop at the altar, Granny could catch this fadeaway. I get it. He's going to score on any and everybody. But... They're not winning. In their last 20 games, they went 11-9. and nine. And even with Chris Paul back, who they're still trying to work back from injury, they're 4-4. Four and four. Now, I'm sure they'll right the ship, you know, get things ready for the playoffs. Uh, Chris Paul will be in better shape, and they'll be able to probably make a deep playoff run. But the way this roster is currently set up, I really don't see them beating the top teams in the West. Now, let's flip to Paul George. Now, Paul George has turned the Oklahoma City Thunder into a defensive juggernaut. And the man is also getting buckets. He's shooting 41% from three. He's leading the league in steals with Russell Westbrook right behind him. I think they're number one in defensive efficiency. I think they can challenge anybody in the Western Conference in the playoffs. Now, of course, I said challenge. I didn't say beat because let's be real. The West is the Warriors to lose. It's basically a race for second place. They're going back to the finals. They're winning their third straight championship, fourth overall in five years. And so it's really, the the regular season is really pointless, which leads me to my other MVP favorite in the Eastern Conference, Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo, also known as the Greek Freak. People, we're talking about a seven-footer with a 7-3 wingspan, with the athleticism of a two-guard. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Giannis is averaging 28 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 assists on 58% shooting. That means every time he puts up the ball twice, it's going in at least one time. I can't even shoot 58% 
on my trash can at work. I mean, I'm a solid 33%. But that's neither here nor there. Now, Giannis currently has the Milwaukee Bucks sitting atop the NBA with the best record. Now, I would not be surprised if they represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals and uh, face the Warriors. I think that'll be a good matchup. Still see the Warriors winning in probably five or six games. I mean, I hope it goes long. I hope it's a good product. But, you know, it's pretty much going to be the Warriors. Because after the Milwaukee Bucks, I mean, I have little faith in the rest of the Eastern Conference. I mean, maybe the Toronto Raptors, maybe. Uh, Pacers without Oladipo, no. Celtics, they're a hot, hot mess right now. Who knows if they can get it together. Uh, The 76ers aren't ready. Brooklyn, no. Hornets, no. Pistons, no. Now, what puts Giannis above Paul George and James Harden for MVP is that Giannis is doing it by himself. Now, of course, he plays on the team and there are other players there, but Giannis is the only superstar. Now, I can't poo-poo Chris Middleton. Um, He made his first all-star team this year. But he's not a superstar. He's not a top 50 player in the NBA. So that means night after night, game after game, the object of the opposing team is to stop Giannis and they can't do it. He's still able to get buckets and will his team to victory. That's why he stands alone in the MVP race for me anyway. If I had a vote, I'd vote Giannis today. Now, let's switch it up, but we'll stay in the NBA. It is time for me to talk about the GOAT. No, it's not Michael Jordan. It's not Kobe Bryant. It's not Bill Russell. It's not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's not Will Chamberlain. The GOAT is a young man who was born to Gloria Marie James in Akron, Ohio, on December 30th, 1984. And that man is LeBron Ramon James Sr. He's the GOAT. Don't care what you say, can't convince me otherwise. He's the GOAT. Now, I do realize he hasn't been very GOAT-like as of late, with the Lakers currently sitting at 10th in the Western Conference, which is, you know, mostly due to him missing about a month with a groin injury. And let's be honest, their chances of making the playoffs are very slim. They have the ninth toughest schedule down the stretch, and half of their last 25 games are against opponents who have a record of 500 or better. So they're going to face quality competition down the stretch. So, Lakers fans, I know all may seem lost, but just like the Avengers have a Hulk, y'all have a GOAT. And I'm, I think he'll wield this team to the playoffs. Now, I've seen that there's growing concern about his groin injury and how it's not fully healed and it might hamper him uh, going forward the rest of this season. And if you get into that eighth spot, you face the Warriors in the first round, and it's probably going to be a quick exit out of the playoffs. 
But nevertheless, they will make the playoffs. Because a playoff without LeBron James is a boring playoff to me. The longer LeBron James plays, the better it is for the NBA. This is like the NBA is better when the Lakers and the Celtics are good. The NFL is better, and I hate to say it, when the Cowboys are good. It is what it is. When your historic franchises are relevant and your best players are playing, it's beneficial to whatever sport you watch. I mean, it could even be dodgeball on ESPN 8, the Ocho. What is a dodgeball tournament without average Joes led by Peter LaFleur? It's nothing, I tell you. Nothing. Now let's talk some college basketball. Of course, all the hype right now is Zion Williamson and the Dukies hosting North Carolina Tar Heels tonight. And the tickets for that game have reached Super Bowl prices. The cheapest ticket is $2,500. The cheapest Super Bowl ticket, so this past Super Bowl, was $2,600. That's insane. They had a booster buy a ticket for $10,000. Absolutely crazy. And the only reason I have any problem with this is the fact that none of those players from UNC or Duke will see a dime of that money. Now, don't come preaching to me about, oh, well, Brandon, they get a scholarship and they get free room and board. Yeah, I know, but that doesn't even come close to what Duke is making off of Zion Williamson. It's not even close. Just from merchandise sales to jerseys to um, selling things with his likeness on them, and he can't profit off of a dime of it. His own likeness. He can't even sell a picture of himself. Oh, he'll get suspended. How crazy is that? It's me. That's me in that photo. But I can't sell it for money because it's not amateurism. That is a farce. Now, if we're really being honest, these players are getting money between the boosters, the agents, and their runners, I'll trust and believe money is being handed out. Now, the only thing is, if these kids are caught taking money from any of these people, they'll get suspended or lose their scholarship or some could even be kicked out of school. And the NCAA knows this. They just don't care because it's not affecting their bottom line. They're, mo- they're making money hand over fist. And until it affects their wallet, they'll continue to turn a blind eye to it. Now let's talk some baseball. I'm not going to talk baseball much on this podcast because I don't watch enough of it outside of maybe the playoffs and some World Series. I really don't watch much baseball, but I always keep up with sports stories and breaking news and big things that happen in the sports hemisphere. And I have to talk about the San Diego Padres giving Manny Machado $300 million. (laughs) Man, you're 26 years old, and you get $300 million to live in San Diego. What a time to be alive. And we're talking about a player who 
seemingly openly doesn't try hard. And now he's in a place where there's zero pressure to win. And when I say zero pressure, I'm talking about a Padres team that was established in 1968. And since that time, they've only had 14 winning seasons. So to me, this just reeks of a poor franchise making a bad decision. They're, they want to be relevant. And so now Machado can go there and just absolutely coast. You know, because you're not making the playoffs there. And once you get to the playoffs, you're not making a deep playoff run because you're not going to be able to attract uh, bigger free agents there anyway. He only went there because of the amount of money they were offering. That's the only reason. There's no other reason. But, hey, I'm not mad at him because if I was in his shoes, I would have done the same thing. You could offer me $300, and it's probably certain things I'd do for it. But we won't get into that today. Now, this is my favorite part of the show. The part where I get to talk some football. Yes, indeed. Now, first things first. I have to talk about the Steelers literally imploding before our very eyes. I mean, it's absolutely amazing what winning can cover up because these problems have been there from the start. Antonio Brown's attitude and his relationship with Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon's displeasure for his contract, um, seemingly the fabric of the locker room ripping at the seams. This has been going on for some time, but winning is the best deodorant and it covers up so much. So when you don't win, i.e. miss the playoffs, these problems are amplified. I mean, think about it. It's the same thing in relationships. The more attractive the person is, the more money they make, the more crap you would tend to put up with versus someone who's not attractive and who's broke. You're not putting up with anything. And the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to keep these things under wraps because they were winning. Super Bowls, division titles, playoff wins, you name it. But now, it all comes to light. Now, Antonio Brown, you know, he's been a headache. Um, he seems to be, you know, immature at times, the way he handles himself. You know, I wish he'd do things a little differently, but I'm not in his shoes, and I can't speak on that. Who knows? If I was in his position, maybe I'd have done some of the same thing. So, you know, I, I can't really speak on it. But he had this thing on Twitter where um, he had um, fans ask him questions, where it was like, ask A.B. And someone asked about the conflict between him and Ben Roethlisberger. And his response was, no conflict, just a matter of respect, mutual respect. He has an owner mentality like he can call out anybody, including coaches. Players know, but they can't say anything about it. Otherwise, they meal ticket gone. It's a dirty game within a game. Hashtag truth. Mm. That is one spicy meatball. I've been waiting for someone to call out Ben Roethlisberger for the longest. Because if you don't know, I do not like Ben Roethlisberger. 
I think he's a piece of crap. And that's personally as a person and as a football player. Now, yes, he's a good quarterback. You know, he's not what he once was. You know, he led the league in passing this year. But Ben made some questionable decisions this year throwing the football and lost them some games. He should have lost the game down here in Jacksonville, but we had no offense to speak of. So they ended up winning the game. But he played like crap that entire game. And I think it's time for the Steelers to move on. I really do. Now, they're going to move on from Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. But if I'm them, I'm looking for my quarterback of the future. And it's pretty evident to me that he's not well liked in his locker room and outside of his locker room. Probably one of the least liked players in the entire NFL. And it's amazing to me how his shortcomings have been glossed over by the media and the NFL. I mean, you would never know that he was accused of sexual assault twice. Not once, but twice. It's a lot of casual fans. They just, they don't know that. But let that have been Cam Newton or RG3 or Russell Wilson. Well, you see where I'm going with this. Let it have been one of them. Oh, you they'll never forget it. They still talk about Cam Newton and a dog on a laptop from his days at Florida. That was ages ago, and they still talk about it. But Ben Roethlisberger and sexual assault? Oh, no, no, no. Let's, we dare not talk about one of the Golden Boys. Man, please. And I definitely see why Antonio Brown was fed up. I mean, you constantly calling me out, talking about my route running or my route was too flat. I didn't run the right route. When you threw interceptions to lose games, come on, man. You serious? Make it out of here. Oh, and also earlier today, I saw a um, report by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN talking about Kevin Colbert, Pittsburgh Steelers GM. Kevin Colbert emphatically endorsed Ben Roethlisberger's leadership, citing impassioned speech at halftime in Jacksonville as one example. Colbert won't curb Big Ben's sharing his opinion on radio because, and this is a direct quote, Ben's the elder statesman. If the players were smart, they'd listen to him. He's been there. That's not surprising to me because Kevin Colbert, the GM, has to back his guy. He has to back Ben. You have to back and baby the quarterback. Dude, I'm so sick of that. I mean, you can't even touch him anymore. But I do know that, like I said earlier in the podcast, leagues are better when your best players are playing. And so they want to keep him from being injured. But come on, man, you don't have to baby him. His leadership style is not good. You don't call out teammates and coaches. Yeah, he just hasn't called out Kevin Colbert, the GM. That's why he's backing Ben Roethlisberger. Because you don't have to do that to lead. Greatest QB I've ever seen, Tom Brady, doesn't lead that way. Drew Brees doesn't lead that way. Aaron Rodgers doesn't lead that way. I mean, he could be smug and, you know, he has his ways, but he doesn't do that. Peyton Manning didn't do that. Joe Montana didn't do that. Steve Young didn't do that. John Elway didn't do that. Dan Marino didn't do that. I can go on and on for days. 
you know, if whatever problems they had, I'm sure they kept it in-house and they addressed the person directly. But calling out people on a radio show when you're pretty much the biggest part of the problem and you're pointing fingers, come on, man, that's not good for the team. I'm almost like Julius from Remember the Titans. You want me to do it for the team? What team? Now, I can't let Mike Tomlin go without blame because he's the head coach and he created this environment. But I give him a bit of a pass when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger because he came into a situation where he inherited a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So it was only so much he can say or do in that situation. When it comes to a coach versus a quarterback, the organization is going to take the quarterback every single time, especially if this quarterback's a superstar and he's won titles. That'll happen every time. But even with all that said, I know the solution to their problems. And if they would have called me during the season, I could have helped them out. This is a surefire thing. I know it would have worked. All they had to do was get Marquise Pouncey, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, all-pro center, to hold the players-only meeting. Marquise, all he had to do was just walk in there. He said, guys, Coach Tomlin brought us this far, y'all. But he ain't going to be there for us forever, man. So what? We won a few games. And y'all fools think that's something? Man, that ain't nothing, y'all. And you know what else? We ain't nothing either. Yeah, we came together over the Le'Veon Bell situation. Cool. But then we right back here and the world tells us that they don't want us to be together. Then we fall apart like we ain't a damn bit of nothing, man. And y'all think we don't want something? Man, we ain't want nothing, y'all. Nothing. I promise you, they would have won every single game after that impassioned speech. Undefeated, win the playoffs, probably would have won the Super Bowl. And with that said, it's the saddest part of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for me to bid you adieu. I hope you had as much fun listening as I did recording today. I was straight clowning today. I'm straight deaf comedy jam on this mic today. Oh, yeah, I had a lot of fun today. But I will see you guys next time. Remember, like and subscribe to my podcast, please. Share it with your friends. Share it with family. Share it with your coworkers. Share it with your enemies because you never know who knows who. And I'm just a humble young man trying to make it. Please give me your feedback. Tell me what you think of the podcast. I told you you can message me on a number of platforms from Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, let me know what you think because I'm all about improving and getting better and making this a superb product. But until next time, I will see you later. <laughs>